Abby and I are not giving a money back guarantee that your friends are not going to give you some pushback. Like I definitely think that there are going to be some uncomfortable conversations coming up for you guys if you want to start implementing some no's. People don't like change. So if you've been their yes girl for five years, or if you're a daughter, you've been their yes girl for 30 years, you know, the first time that you pass on a on a family event, that's going to hit different for them, right? And that's okay. I'm Amy. And I'm Abby. And as women, we are constantly comparing ourselves to others. But your life isn't supposed to look like hers. Being your best self means standing firm in your decisions and always being willing to grow with a purpose. We get vulnerable and real with an honest look into the challenges and triumphs we all face. Every woman listening gets the opportunity to choose what life looks like for herself. Abby and I are really excited for this episode because it's going to expand on our last episode and we're going to try to help you guys figure out how to say no. So setting boundaries for yourself, saying no to things that don't serve you are really going to help you free up some time. And I think if there's one gift that COVID has given us, it's the opportunity to see what we really missed about the way that life was and what we didn't miss. So if you did not miss those weekly dinner dates with a friend, or you did not miss book club, or you did not miss whatever you really didn't miss, maybe it's time to get that out of your life. And out of our life for good. And as women, I think so many of us are people pleasers. Like we make sacrifices in order to have other people feel good about themselves or to feel included or whatever that may be. But by saying yes, we're actually putting ourselves in a much worse position. Exactly. I love what you said, because I think of it that way. What does this mean? If I say yes, what sacrifice is that to me and my little family? And your answers might get a lot clearer when you start putting yourself into the equation, which sounds so funny because we should all be doing that. But like you said, our society, our upbringing has really conditioned us as women to be people pleasers. We want to be the quote unquote, good daughter, good friend, good, good sister, good everything. Um, And we're really a gender that puts everyone before us. But what we're saying today is that we have got to start putting ourselves into the equation. And throughout this conversation, you're going to realize that Amy is much further along in this than I am. So you might identify with her and you're like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm nailing this. Or you might identify with me being like, I got to write down some notes because I <laughs> say yes way too much. But like many women, I identify as being pretty high capacity. So I think of myself as somebody who can do it all, so to say, even though we all know we can't. But by doing a lot, that also sometimes means that you're multitasking. And the stats prove it. By multitasking, we just can't be as efficient or do things as well as if we're just taking one thing at a time. And that might look like listening to a podcast while unloading the dishwasher, while homeschooling your older kid and giving another kid a snack. And at the end of it, you might be so tired that you have to take a 45-minute rest. Now, is that efficient? No, not at all, because you're being completely depleted by putting yourself and running yourself dry during those 30 minutes. 
I also do a lot of things, and some people might identify with this, out of fairness. So making sure that some people aren't feeling left out, making sure that some people, everyone is getting our love and equal values, and that isn't fair to ourselves. So by being fair to every single human being out there, you're really sacrificing so much of your own self. All this being said, it's not that we don't like offers. Like it's really fun to be offered to go on a double date or to go to this book club or to be part of this fill in the blank. But sometimes you just would rather rest. And also being by yourself, that's one thing that COVID-19 has definitely taught me. Like being by myself completely without anybody else around has actually felt really good. Even for the extroverted person in me, that would never think that I would say any of that. And for you, Amy, you've written an entire blog on this with balanced aims, but I also know that it didn't come easy to you right away. So what did that journey look like? First of all, there were so many points that you just brought up that I just (laughs) wanted to dive into immediately, but I know that those will come back again a little bit later. So I really tried to um, hold my tongue over here, but you said it exactly right, is that it has been a journey. So maybe you're listening And this is going to be your first baby step. Like maybe you're going to say no for the first time in a really long time. It's going to be a little uncomfortable, but you're going to start getting used to it. So we're going to dive into all of that today. But for me, a few years ago, my life looked much different than it does today. You know, five, six years back, I was a night shift nurse. I was starting a little blog And it was before Drew and I had children. But even back then, just working night shift, which if you've done it, you know, it's a very different life. It's like very, very hard on your body. You're tired a lot. It's you're on the opposite schedule of the rest of the world. So for me, what started to happen is that I was saying yes to things to show up to be a good daughter. So for example, you know, my mom's birthday brunch was still scheduled for brunch time, which means that I literally got zero sleep so that I would be able to get there and quote unquote, be a good daughter while the rest of my family knew I was at night shift. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So we could have adjusted to a dinner, but I would be the one to sacrifice because it was me that was on the opposite schedule. So what I started running up against is that it was taking a toll on my health. Like I was constantly tired, which made me more emotionally reactionary. And I just didn't like the way I was feeling. I'm like, I can't do this. So I started to realize that I needed to be able to say no and not write a whole script about what that meant for me as a person or about me as a person, I should say, and just understand like, I'm going to say no to this because it does not make me feel good. It doesn't fit into my schedule. So it was almost a blessing in disguise because I learned the art of saying no at a time when I needed to, but then I just kept kept that no with me. So now that I'm further on the ro- down the road and I'm back to a normal schedule, I still learn the ability to say no. And that serves me so well today. And being a night shift nurse, I know you also had friends that were constantly night shift friends that wanted you to be part of their lives. Was that difficult? Because I know that you spent so much time with them during your shift and then afterwards... Well, yeah, I mean, 3 a.m. friendships 
I'm telling you, there's something so special about you and your night shift friends <laughs> and the and the bonds that you can form. So after night shift, it's a very common thing for nurses to, especially on the weekend, go out to happy hour. So I'm saying you work until 7.30 in the morning, and then everyone would go to happy hour, which was a, you know, a heavy plate of food and some mimosas. And I had a one-track mind. All, it was all I could do to get myself home, shower, and get in bed. That's all I wanted to do. So the invitation kept coming up, kept coming up. You guys, I never once said yes to it because I knew in my heart that that did not serve me, that I did not want to go and eat, and I did not want to drink any alcohol. I just wanted to get into bed. Because I was a new nurse and I wanted to fit in with my group at the time, it was hard. Like at first I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to think I am not friendly, that I don't care about them. I just wrote this whole narrative about what they were going to think. Turned out they still had a blast without me. No one really thought twice. It was just, it kind of became my thing. They're like, okay, obviously, Amy, you're not going to come, but do you want to come? And I... um, I just realized it was at that point where I realized that I was writing so many narratives for people based on what I how I thought conversations were going to go or what I thought that it implied about me. And what I realized is these girls are still today some of my really good friends. Like our bond didn't suffer because I wasn't willing to go to that. They actually respected my no. Um, so just to say, when you are entering these conversations, you can't be four blocks down the road with what Abby's going to say back to my no before you guys even enter that conversation. I'm so glad you say that because I have already written that narrative. Like, I already know what they're going to say, even though I have zero idea. Like, I can think of the 12 things that are going to come up if I say that one no and what is going to come with that friendship. So the fact, Amy, that you have still kept those relationships, even though you were able to also abide by your own health and what you actually wanted, like, that's... That brings hope that to people who <laughs> brings hope to people who say yes way too much. Wait, I have a question for you. Where are the places that you struggle to say no? Literally every category of my <laughs> life, like every part of my life with my friends. I still have a lot of long distance friendships where we meet up once a summer or a couple times a year and travel states in order to see each other. And we all have families. Like I don't even know. Maybe it's difficult for them too. But we're all just saying that obligatory yes with. My family, um, I have a five-year memory journal where I write down just one line a day at the end of the day. And two years ago, Amy, with Mother's Day just being right just a couple weeks ago, I had written seven Mother's Day cards to all of our grandmas on Colin's side and on my side. Personalized Mother's Day cards with photos in every single one of them. I went through every single social media post. I went through my phone and made sure that every single one just felt customized to them addressed them, sent them out. It took days to do that. I mean, <laughs> days. The grandmas were going to call each other and compare notes as to how well their picture resonated with them as well as what was written inside. Literally, that was the narrative that went through my mind. Like if I do it for one person, I have to do it for every single person, which we all know that that's not the case. Like me saying this out loud makes me be like, okay, that was absolutely insane. But I think that's an interesting point though, because when you say that, I think Abby... Does that trickle in, does the idea of fairness 
trickle into your other relationships. So for example, if your friend Lisa asks you out to dinner one week and you say yes and you have a great time, the next week then your friend Kelly asks you out. Do you have to say yes because you had just said yes to Lisa so it would only be fair to also say yes to your other friend? After today's conversation, no. But yes, (laughs) right now, yes, I would say yes. I would say yes, but not... Even if I really, really was too tired, if it was the wrong time, if I just wanted to spend a night at home, I would still probably say yes, because I would feel like that second friend was getting the shaft. They were feeling left out, like I liked the other person more than them, like I was letting the friendship go to the wayside. Whatever it may be, those are the thoughts that go through my mind. That's what I think of when I'm saying that even graceful no to somebody is that they're going to feel like I'm not part of their life as much as I am other people's lives. I can even do that with work. Like even at my work, I do that where I'm always trying to step up. I've been in my role longer than anybody else has been in that role. Doesn't make me any better. Like definitely doesn't make me any more experienced with it, just that I've been there longer. And even in my job, I still will always say yes, even if there's a million other things that are calling my attention. And it's something that someone else could do. So what I heard with your examples One theme that stuck out was you're saying a lot of times you say yes because you want to be a good employee or you feel like you want to be known as like the first one that's going to like step up and do it. Mm -hmm. All of that. And then the other thing that comes through and I've, I've heard this when we're talking in conversation is that you write the narrative of what the other person is going to say. So when you're thinking of declining an invitation, your mind goes to what they're going to think of you, what they're going to say back. What if they say this? What if they Mm -hmm. say that? Mm -hmm. And I think as women, we do have the tendency to do that. I just have found that instead of Instead of spending my time and energy doing that, I'm just going to go into the conversation and I'm just going to tell the truth. I think that's like the best thing to do is say, Abby, thank you so much for the invite to dinner with you and Colin. Drew and I had already planned a date that night and we're feeling like we really need some connection time just as a couple. So I'm going to say no this time. And that's all I say. But I've told her my truth. And I've told her a reason why that is also a truth. And for me, I know a lot of people say like, I see it a lot on Instagram, like you don't have to give people why. But I think it brings humanity Mm -hmm. into it. Yeah, I think Abby's going to understand she's got a husband too. I'm sure there's times where they have felt like they've lost each other for a little bit and that alone Mm -hmm. time would feel really good for them. So I am going to say that to my friend because I trust her with that information and I think it helps her to understand my no. I like how easy and clear you made it with saying thank you, sharing your why, And then making it clear at the end, because it doesn't leave you feeling slimy. It doesn't make the other person feel like you're totally neglecting them. Um, But what about with work examples? Because I know this comes up with people who are accepting new jobs or a new task or trying to just make sure that they're not overbearing themselves with work. What would you do in that situation? Well, this has come up for me, too, I think, especially 
with the podcast up and coming and all of these things, um, I'll get more requests to come and be a part of a speaking panel or an event or something like that. So first of all, I know when something comes in, if I'm excited about it, and if it's something that I want to be a part of. If not, I can also feel that in my gut, like mm-hmm. this isn't this isn't the opportunity for me during this season. I have very clear boundaries that I've set for myself. No one else has set them for me. You know, Drew is so happy to to take the boys for, you know, whatever amount of time, but I just don't want to travel much. So for me, what this would look like is I would get an email in and I'll just tell them exactly like I do my friend. Wow, thank you so much for thinking of me and for inviting me to your event. In this season, with three little boys and two businesses, my plate is too full. I'm going to have to decline this offer, but I'm so excited for you guys, and I wish you the best event ever. Amy how, Kiefer. How do people respond to that? They're like, so nice. It's it's literally mind-blowing. Like The thing that I hope people take away from this episode is that clarity is respected. So I give a clear answer. I am clearly saying no. And the responses I've gotten are like, wow, thank you so much for being honest. <laughs> like, I am proud of you. Or it'll be like, wow, like that is inspiring me to be able to say no. Um, you know, we'll keep cheering for you. It's really honestly nice responses back. And if it wasn't, that would be the most crystal clear picture that it wasn't a good fit anyway. So why am I taking on the stress of however they react? Do you see what I'm saying? I don't have to. Mm -hmm. I can just, this is my truth. And I'm going to press send. And Amy makes this sound so easy. Like you really make it sound easy. It's a very simple way of looking at it when you say it. I just know it's like so difficult for people like me, many people out there to say that. And it's also it's also something that I work with my therapist on all the time. Like this is something that for five years I've worked on being maxed out and trying to take off the things that on my plate that aren't needed. Well, yeah. And it takes a ton of practice. And so I have a lot of practice with this. So day one, you're probably going to be worried about what email you're going to receive back. But then once you have all of these examples that it really is okay and it really is ex- is respected, you're going to be able to just harness the idea that you don't have to say yes to everything. One thing that Abby and I have said yes to is our first sponsor, which is BetterHelp. And BetterHelp will target a licensed therapist for you. So they match you up with someone that specializes in exactly what you need. That process happens in 24 hours. And we all know I have read so many self-help books in my time, but this was the first time that I was able to talk with a professional and things like setting boundaries for your roles within your family, within your friends is definitely something that they could help with. So BetterHelp is the nation's largest counseling resources. Over 800,000 people take advantage 
of this resource. So you can visit betterhelp.com backslash herself. All of our listeners will receive 10% off their first month. Again, that's at betterhelp.com backslash herself. And we are so excited about this. You know that we all talk about counseling just so much, and we've had therapists on. So it's really just the perfect match for us um, as our first sponsor. So we are going to wrap this conversation up by giving you over chronic, over committers some tips that we have put into our lives or that we're working to put into our lives to try to help you. These are your tangible takeaways. My first one is to get really, really clear on your values and put them in order. When a new opportunity comes my way, I have to see if it lines up for me and my family. So right now in my life, I know what my values are and I highly value time with my husband and with my kids. So if this new opportunity takes away time from them, I have to I have to balance that. I've got to say is this a really good fit or is it not? And sometimes the answer is going to be no. This is just not the right season. I think of it as a season. Like in this season, I don't want to be away from home too much. And so I'm going to let that lead some of my decisions. A great example is this podcast. So forever, I've been saying this on my personal Instagram account forever. I've wanted to do a podcast, probably three years. And I kept putting it into the universe. I'm like, I want to do a podcast. I want to do a podcast. But I just knew along the way, it was never the right time. Like I could feel I was just too busy. There wasn't room for one other big thing. And now I am so thankful for that journey because it led me here to herself and to doing it with Abby. And if I would have said yes at a time where my gut was screaming no, I wouldn't be here feeling feeling so fulfilled in this podcast because I I would have said the wrong yes. It would have looked completely different. Yeah. Like different topics even, <laughs> most likely. I love that one. And I just think so many people can say yes to that. Like that is something that I'm like, yep. That's one that I definitely am going to be assessing too. But one thing that I want to pull in is figure out during these last couple of months here what you did miss and what you didn't miss. So Amy brought this up right away at the beginning. And if you're someone like me, maybe this is a time where you pull out that journal or you pull out a piece of paper. And this is a list that is just for you. So no one else has to see this. But figure out what are the things in that column that you absolutely wish could have been part of your life. What were the things like a Friday play date that you always had or being able to, on a whim, go grab coffee with a friend or go on that date whenever you wanted to or whenever your babysitter was busy? Like those are things that I really, really miss. The things that you don't miss as much, well, is it time to just kick those to the curb? Say no to those a lot more often. I think it's going to be easier to say no to a lot of those things now after we just haven't had them in our life for a while because people aren't used to the weekly dates or the monthly get together or whatever that may be. So maybe I'm being a little too overly optimistic, but I need to be right now. <laughs> I feel like this pandemic took care of it for me. <laughs> I didn't have to do any work. It's just going to say my nose for me. Another thing that really comes to mind for me 
and I've gotten this from a bunch of different therapists teachings is that you have to really fully understand that you're only in control of your side of the relationship. So Abby and I are not giving a money back guarantee that your friends are not going to give you some pushback. Like I definitely think that there are going to be some uncomfortable conversations coming up for you guys if you want to start implementing some no's. People don't like change. So if you've been their yes girl for five years, or if you're a daughter, you've been their yes girl for 30 years, you know, the first time that you pass on a on a family event, that's going to hit different for them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's okay. You know who you are. So I just think about it as I can only control my side of the relationship. I know who I am. I know that it isn't a good relationship if I always have to please you, if I always have to say yes to you, if I'm always feeling like you're going to be mad at me if I don't say yes to your double date invitation. Like I am only going to be on this earth for a little while. I cannot just do things based on what you want me to do and who you think I should be. Like I've really got to take a stand to make sure I'm living in a way that feels really good for me too. And it makes it not a charade. Like when you're there, you're actually wanting to be there. And the Amy or Abby or insert yourself into this whole picture is going to be real. And it's going to be full of joy and not just pretending the whole time when you actually just want to be at home with your babies or reading a book or just with your husband or whatever it may be there. And then the last thing that I want to leave you with is to slow down. Like not everything needs to be answered in the first 10 seconds. And when you have a little bit of time to actually think through if your answer should be yes or no, give yourself some time to actually chew on it. That's when your heart can speak instead of your habit. And I think so many of us right now, myself included, are speaking from habit and what we always have said instead of from speaking what we actually want and what's going to be good for ourselves, for our family and for our futures. That one feels really true to me. And it's something I've implemented. I'll say, Amy, why don't you just sleep on this? You know, because the gut reaction is you want to, you want to be able to commit, you want to send a note back, you want that person to know you're there. But I'm like, Amy, just sleep on it. Like, see if tomorrow it feels like you should still say yes. Um, Because sometimes the answer is yes. This whole episode isn't to say, say no to everything. (laughs) It's just to say, like, be really clear on your yeses, because then when you're showing up, you can really be there and you're excited. And it just gives you this freedom in your life if you're clear on what you want to do. So we hope that we gave you all a little bit of inspiration. I know that I have some talking points and some homework to do in my own life, just with just around saying a graceful no and meaning it and not being scared of it and being able to do so confidently. And even if it doesn't come confidently right away, know that practicing it over and over again, it's going to be more heartfelt and it will come a lot more naturally. So think about a time in your life. Maybe it's going to be today. Maybe it's going to be in a couple of weeks from now where you really don't want to say yes and you're just saying it out of obligation and give yourself that grace and give yourself that power to actually say no. Mm 